Hello and welcome this Sunday evening from Life Stamps, stories from here and there. This week I'm interviewing an old friend of mine, his name is Joe, um, and he's been, would you say, a travel event organizer I've known for a few years. We've uh, partnered up various times, you know, sometimes co-hosting events together to sort of show people around Portland, show them different things to experience while in the city and various other things. So. I got a chance this week to sit down with him, ask him about his experiences of doing this weekly meetup that would happen every Thursday night here in Portland, and what his experiences are, and how he got there, so stay tuned after a moment from my sponsor, and we'll get right into the interview, and it's at a pretty cool location this week, I went to a Russian cafe, funny names called Rough Russian Cafe, but it's a great place to check out in East Portland, it's a little Russian market with a Russian cafe, bakery, deli, all the works in this tiniest little place in East Portland. But um, after a word from my sponsor, get back to you and start the show. So hello to my listeners. I'm here at the Rough Russian Cafe in East Portland, which is also um, a Russian market. And I'm here today um, with a longtime friend of mine. His name is Joe. And Joe, tell us a little bit about um, your experiences with Portland and how you ended up here. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I was born in Portland and I grew up in the Portland area. Um, and uh, until I was 14 and then moved out to Idaho with my family uh, for high school and kind of, you know, hopped around a little bit, um, spent, uh, I went to college at University of Oregon um, and I was in Seattle for two years before that. Um, and after that, I was in Hong Kong for a little while and kind of bounced back and forth between Portland and Hong Kong. Um, and I guess, like, you know, I, I came back here because it's, you know, that's where my family is. And, you know, I just, like, I like the vibe of Portland. It's a really great city to live in. Um, How much of a cultural change was that going between all these different places? Um, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I You know, I mean, as a 14-year-old going to, going from Western Oregon to Idaho uh, was a pretty big change. Uh, you know, like, the house that we lived in was down the street from three different uh, dairy farms, and so just the smell was always atrocious. It smelled like onions and, like, cow farts, like, yeah. for miles. Well, well welcome, so, welcome to the real, like, yeah, American uh, American farmer exactly. experience. Yeah. yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of a shock, and then just, like, you know, I was always kind of bitter about the move, so I, like, I think going back... Like, I could have done better, like, trying to make friends, but I think I definitely, like, you know, it was was going to school with a bunch of farm kids, and it's not like I never had experience of, like, being on a farm and stuff, but it was just, like, a different lifestyle. Um, Like, I didn't, you know, everyone liked to go hunting, and, like, you know, was into, like, tractors. Do you think uh, this uh, experience being so rural shaped your desires to travel later in life? Um, I think definitely it, it... in, like motivated me to get out of there and I think I always had a streak of you know wanting to see the world and wanting to travel a little bit um, but uh, yeah I, I would say you know definitely 
made me not want to like you know stay put in the same place. Um, so then, uh, moving forward, what uh, led you to going to Hong Kong, and what was the inspiration, and what was the driving force, if you will? Yeah. So all throughout college, actually, uh, I was dating someone from Hong Kong, um, and uh, it was basically you know when I was getting to the end of college, I was you know trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I just. Um, I think the idea of living abroad was always something that was, you know, sounded fun to me. Um, and so I thought about teaching English and, uh, you know, because like my girlfriend at the time was from Hong Kong, it just kind of made sense to, you know, to go there. Uh, so that's what I did. I, I studied, I got my TEFL certificate and uh, made the jump. Um, it was really interesting. I mean, it's like Hong Kong was like kind of a huge culture shock for me because one not only was it like in another country but like it was like very uh urban and very you know like intensely urban like you know it was like new york city of like you know asia right and, and i can only imagine you know coming from where here in the northwest you mentioned idaho you know being super you know rural and stuff but a lot of the northwest is pretty rural too with the exception of a little bit of portland and seattle it's got a bit of an urban core but just not to the intensity of like, you know, the the world's giant, the world's largest shipping port of Hong Kong, you know, things are coming in and out of a place like this yeah. on a daily basis. So yeah. I, I can only imagine just how much of a broad jump that would have been in your travel experiences. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like very like, I mean, I liked it because it was just very like super international. Um, and you got like people from a lot of places that like you, wouldn't normally interact with I guess like in the US like I mean there's like very international places in the US but like it definitely attracted like people from like countries that like you normally wouldn't see so it's like I had friends like from Ukraine and Australia and like um, different parts of Asia um, like uh, you know um, and then like different you know a lot of a lot of Germans would come through there um, and you know obviously people like from the UK um, so yeah, it was just like a big like mix of people, um, and uh, yeah, it was just, uh, I think a lot of things that I was getting used to, just like, you know, you'd, you'd leave your apartment like in the beginning of the day, and then like you just stay out all day and like come back late at night, and so it's like everything that you did throughout the day, you just like had to bring everything with you. Yeah. So it's like you had to go to work, you had to bring all your work stuff with you. And just, oh like, yeah, the whole like, daily routine of just planning, yeah. or, like, you know, like having to always like keep all your supplies with you yeah and stuff because it's so far to go back home to your flat or your apartment and see like hong kong i imagine right did right. you have to take multiple trains for your daily commutes um and stuff in hong kong yeah so that's the funny thing because it's like like when you're taking the train like a lot of times it is like the quickest way to get from a to b but like it was always packed and so like you're always standing on the train and so you have like an hour-long commute that's like an hour of standing like both ways right. so like where you like learn these little tricks where it's like you always try to find out like what kind of transportation you can take to get a seat and so like what i would do is i take like my local train line to the end of the line 
and then catch a bus there to work from there to work because like the bus was at the beginning of its route so like it wasn't full and so like I was always I like might have had to stand on the train to the last station but then at the last station I take the bus and then like you know take that to my work and like be able to sit there so it's like always like these little things and coming back from work strategizing <laughs> exactly exactly like strategizing my commute so I can Hong sit Kong, down Hong Kong strategizing so yeah. you don't have to stand in queue the whole time exactly. while you're riding and the train everyone's doing that so like I, so when I when I'd come home and I'd come like to the second to last station and actually a lot of there'd be a ton of people waiting to go like the opposite direction they need to go because they'd go and they'd ride the train to the last station and then sit down and so then they'd take the train back the other way just so that they could get a seat so it's like yeah. all these things that you never think about and it's like you know it's suddenly so important because it's like you're always standing so you just like you know want to like be able to sit down sometimes um, definitely like learning to like to sleep in random places like anywhere just like learning to like take like a five minute dose you know? oh okay um, yeah that, that, that's an interesting skill to have I imagine you yeah know? and just learning how to really soak up those precious moments of, exactly you know calmness in a city full of hustle and bustle that exactly. never sleeps <laughs> which is funny like you know you think like culture shock would be like a lot you know there was a lot of culture shock about language and like culture and like you know like the way they do things but a lot of it was just like getting used to like being in this you know environment where you're you're like always on the go and you're always just trying to catch like you know five minutes of rest so you can like keep going for the rest of the day sure yeah yeah um, so would you consider yourself the uh, narcoleptic of Asia <laughs> no, <laughs> no thought about myself like that <laughs> you know like uh, maybe from like my own private Idaho or something where you can you know just be like oh wait 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 I need somebody to watch me because you know if I, if I doze off you know I don't know if I'm actually going to wake back up because <laughs> I get to enjoy this actual no. little precious thing that we all know called sleep yeah so so little so so not so often <laughs> yeah I know it's crazy because it's like like um, you like I would learn to wake up right before my station so it's like you know like I'd be dozing off but then like I'd always wake up like right before my station and I'd, you know like the next station would come up like okay like, I gotta get off sometimes I would be so exhausted that I would actually like sleep like you know for two more stations and then I'd have to like get on and like you know sure. get back on on the other line but yeah. uh yeah. Um. You know, for multiple years, you've been organizing lots of events and stuff. Do you feel that having all this cultural diversity it maybe sort of influenced you in any way from Hong Kong? Yeah. So, like, um, you know, when I was in Hong Kong and I was just, like, trying to make friends and everything, um, I had kind of done some couch surfing before during college, uh, like, in Mexico and also, like, had, like, had surfers stay at my place um, when I had when I was living on my own in Eugene. Um, not um, all of the listeners probably even know what couchsurfing is. You can oh, talk about what that is. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, couchsurfing is a worldwide organization um, where basically uh, you can travel around and ask people, like you know, ask people online um, through the couchsurfing platform if you can stay at their house or you know their apartment, and also you can open up your home to travelers coming through your city. And it's a great way to just like connect with locals and like see, you know, wherever you're traveling through, like you know, you can see it through the eyes of a local. And you know, it's also a really great way to make friends, and you're connected to this like worldwide travel community which like in my opinion like it's full of like a lot of very open-minded people that you know and it's a great place to um, check out events when you're traveling in a new city also which is kind of what got me into it because I wasn't really had the situation where I had roommates and so I couldn't actually host people but then I wanted to get um, vouched and I wanted to get recommendations for when I was traveling in the future so I started doing events of my own you know um, 
called Travel Stories, so people could come together and share their actual travel stories at random places in Portland. And then I got recommendations, and then that helped me when I traveled in Europe because then I could get a lot of you know hosts and stuff when I traveled a lot of countries in Europe. So absolutely, the event about through Cal Surfing is really really good, I believe. Yeah, so I didn't actually start doing events. I actually didn't really know about a lot of that until I came to Hong Kong and I was like trying to, just trying to make friends. And so um, I thought maybe like I'll try couch surfing and I saw in, uh, that they had like a weekly meetup on Thursdays. And I, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I'll just go check it out. Um, and that's how like I met a lot of like the people that like, you know, I was friends with throughout the whole time I was there. Um, I met like kind of she was kind of like the mom of all the like the couch surfer community in a way she was like you know middle-aged um, her name was Cindy and uh, she like was the one that like helped teach me uh, Cantonese while I was living in Hong Kong was she, was she the uh, the couch surfing ambassador for Hong Kong I don't know if she was the ambassador I didn't really like I don't think she was but she was sort of like you know she went to like she would go to everything she like hosted a lot of stuff at her apartment and then like she would like you know go to like the thursday meetups all the time right like, you you saw her a lot at like a lot of different couch surfing uh, uh meetups in hong kong um so yeah just like you know through that because like you know through that meetup i met her and we started our own like language uh meetup where we would you know learn cantonese and stuff um, and then, you know, from there, you know, just like met a lot of other people that, you know, we'd meet up with and, you know, hang out with and stuff. So I thought, you know, it was such a great way just to like initially meet people that are living there, meet some locals and just like, you know, establish like friends and stuff. So, um, yeah, so, uh, going from there, you know, just doing that and having all those experiences, um, uh, like, you know, there's this one time um, I went with some friends and we, we, we got like a little uh, like rental apartment on one of the other islands in Hong Kong. It was kind of like our little rural area. Um, and we were just uh, like, we were kind of exploring the island, uh, but then it just like started pouring down rain. And we were like, oh, no. <laughs> it was, you know, it was like one of those like tropical monsoons, you know, we were just like, like right. just massive like rainfall. Uh, and we were like, uh, so like we're all like trying to like find a place to go um no, no let me rewind sorry so we were like it wasn't raining yet but we came to like this waterfall and so it was like me this other guy and like three girls and like we were at this waterfall and it had like this like rocky face to it and uh, me and uh, my friend uh, andy was his name we decided to like climb up the rocks like to the top of it and they were like kind of slick but you know like we were able to get to the top but then when we were at the top it just started like pouring down rain oh, and like we no. weren't able to like actually climb down so, so we you thought see, we were just see, like stuck up there you kind of got to the point of the reward of the view of the hike but then it's like oh well we don't get to really enjoy the the moment now because the storm just kind of rolled in like freakishly exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was crazy so like yeah. while we were there um, so like we were there and we were trying to figure out like how to come down and we were like kind of testing like coming down like the same way but it was like gonna be way too slick like we we're gonna fall and it's like all rocks at the bottom so it was like basically yeah. like you know not gonna work out and so, so what this, did like, you do well, yeah so like this guy came uh, from like you know he was coming uh, like this guy appeared you know this like little like Filipino man appeared and he started pointing like to the side and like yelling at us and he's like go that way go that way and we we're like what and like 
I guess he was like pointing out like it was like a, a slope downwards on the side. I was like kind of like forested, but like at least you could like kind of walk down it. But it, but but it was still like passable or whatever. It was still Not passable. Like you needed yeah. like special like hiking sticks or anything. Oh yeah, to, yeah. Like, you could kind of like down it. grab the trees a little bit, and it was really muddy. But you know, at least we were able to like get down safely. Yeah. So then, like you know, after like we came down and we were like, hey, thank you, and he was like, what are you guys doing? Um, and we're like, well, we need to find like a covered area because it's like pouring down rain. He's like, here, come and join me and my friends. And so like we went and like you know they they're in in different like parks in Hong Kong. There's like these random like public barbecue stations where it's just like a, a barbecue thing and you can bring like your own coals and like food and stuff and just have like a little party in the park. Um, so that's what like that's where he and his friends were. It was like a little covered area had like a little barbecue uh, grill. Sure. And they were just like making fish and like meat and like you know all this stuff and there was like five of them and they just like shared all their stuff with us oh amazing and so we just like and like yeah we went there was like a little store down the path a little bit so like we went and got some beer and just like drank beer and like ate fish and like they were like had shots of some kind of like liquor or something but yeah it was just like that was really like that was really fun and like that was like you know made possible because of like the connections i made at the couch surfing oh uh, so great yeah. yeah yeah so it was just kind of like a random adventure that agreed upon you know meeting new travel companions and yeah. stuff like this from like was this just a weekly meetup that was happening in Hong Kong? Or yeah, was so it was like every yeah. Thursday. It was just every like a Thursday. weekly thing. And then like that one got so big that they actually expanded and like had a Saturday one too at a different sure. location. Um, yeah, which, so. which a lot of popular cities have multiples because there's just so many travelers going through these major cities, right. you know, generally and stuff, you know. Right. I feel like uh, I think uh, Budapest has like possibly four or five weekly meetups oh right on yeah <laughs> for that, those many days it of the week like a massive yeah <laughs> yeah like because there's just so many people that come in and out and go through budapest yeah but, yeah <laughs> yeah that was the thing i mean there was like the, the the thursday one was always like sometimes it was small but like small meant like 10 people and like sometimes it was massive like 30 plus people and they had an agreement with the bar where it's like everyone that went there yeah if you wore a name tag then you got 20 percent off drinks do you ever miss the bigger city um, life in general being back here in the northwest living in Portland I sometimes like I miss parts of it you know I miss like how like dynamic it is and just like how everyone's just like kind of always on the go and doing something and like you know going out and stuff um, you know I miss those aspects of it Portland can seem kind of like sleepy sometimes but it does have enough of that like like energy that you know still makes it fun especially in the summertime um sure but yeah. uh you know I'm, I'm used to it and and honestly i think portland like fits more with my you know my own my own lifestyle and stuff right um but um yeah so i remember there was, there was a time where we had no uh weekly meetups for a while and um brian and i believe in our counselor for suggested it and it ended up being you who eventually stepped up and said yeah i'll be the the weekly meetup host and you know so what were your thoughts and why you chose to you know start doing it yeah i think um so it was sort of just something that i i noticed like i on on the portland couch page like i noticed there wasn't like a lot of activity in terms of events and stuff and um so I thought like, oh, it'd be great like if there was something that was like consistent because like, what I remember from like the one in Hong Kong was it was just like every week, every like, you know, same time, same place every week. So it was just like always like, 
you know, you just be like randomly out on Thursday and you're like, oh, what am I going to do? I can like go like check out the meetup, see like how that's going. So it's sort of like this like constant thing that was happening. And so I thought like, and I was like kind of disappointed that it wasn't happening in Portland, but I was like, if it's not happening, like why not just like, you know, start it? Cause like all I need to do is just like do it every week. And sure. like, you know, all I, all I have to do is go to the same spot every week and say that it's happening. Hey, <laughs> and why Cartopia? Um, yeah, so we, we chose Cartopia um, because it was basically that year was like the first, I think you were hosting uh, the Couch Crash that year, or like you were you were organizing it. I believe um, so, if that's when the weekly meetup started, I don't completely remember one way or the other. Like, right, yeah, so Couch Crash is, is when uh, like cities around the world um, have like a bunch of events uh, during a weekend or a week that you know kind of show off the best of the city and the couch surfing community in that city you know like gets together and organizes organizes all and believe meetups. me it's a headache and a massive like it's stressful actually as a host and I took this on at one point you know and because I wanted to finally for my city our city Portland to have a weekend of activities for travelers and guests to do you know, I was gonna make sure it happened even if I had to host every single event that weekend. However, I didn't have to host every single one, um, but it's, um, yeah, it's definitely something you do if you have like maybe three or four um, event planners to join you on the, on the big, um, <laughs> tackle the big project of doing a full weekend of activities and events. Sometimes these are so big that you get up to 300 travelers coming and invading your city to do a crash. Fortunately, Portland's never gotten bigger than I think about 90 people on our couch crash, but still, it's a lot of people to take care of and make sure that they're excited and having a good time over that long of a weekend. <laughs> For sure, yeah. So that, that year, 2018, was the, the first uh, couch crash that I uh, had been to, and that's where I met um, a lot of these people in the Portland couch surfing community. Um, and uh, um, I think one of the meetups was at Cartopia, and that's, I think that going to there with, like, a big group kind of made me realize, like, oh, this is a great space for just, like, meeting large groups of people, because, like, you can have a lot of people there, they can get food if they want to, they don't need to, they can get drinks if they want to, but they don't need to, it's all ages, um, so it's like if you're like an 18, 19 year old traveler, you can at least like come meet people like at there instead of like having to go to a bar. If you could um, simplify your pros and cons about being such a consistent weekly host every week and doing the weekly meetup at Cartopia, what do you think it would be? Um, yeah, so I'd say pros were uh, it was um, it was all ages. Um, it like you didn't have to order anything to be there no one kicked you out um, and it was just like a nice space like it had you know different parts of the you know the little complex there that you could have you know 15 20 people meet up at sure. and we always normally got a seat I would say the cons were um, well there's you know some obvious ones like you know if you're a regular that's going to the meetup you might not want to go to the same spot every single week so it like, might, might get boring for regulars. Yeah. Um, two would be like in the winter time, because you know, we have really rainy winters in Portland, so um, it was covered, uh, and there were like little fire pits, but 
you know, it still gets cold, it still gets rainy, so it's like you're, we're always out there in the elements. Um, so that was sort of like in the wintertime, like we only, some meetups were only like three, four people sometimes. So kind of like trudging through the winter months was a, a pretty big con. Um, yeah, uh, I would say those were probably the biggest ones um, in terms of, you know, uh, and then sometimes it would be too busy that it was difficult to find a seat. Do you, do, you, do you miss hosting the weekly meetups? I mean, obviously now with the pandemic, we've been kind of not doing this. Yeah, so it was kind of fun because, like, we, like, um, you know, we did it for the first year. And, like, I think the second year was really great because, like, we were able to get a much larger following. Because, uh, like, the first year, like, throughout the winter time, it would be, like, three or four people... Um, sometimes, sometimes 10 if we were lucky. And then the second year was really great because like throughout the year, it was always consistently like, you know, around 10 people uh, every week, which is great. And I know um, often many times, you know, if when you had a good crowd and stuff, you guys would kind of bar crawl and yeah. stuff and do like your, your bar call, crawl stretch there along Southeast 12th Avenue here in Portland. Yeah, yeah, so that was really fun because like, you know, for the Couch Crash in 2019, we, uh, I was able to organize, we were able to organize, uh, the, yeah, the, I mean, a pretty big bar crawl. I got like 35 people, I think, at, you know, at most and like people were coming, kind of coming and going. Um, and we used an egg timer to like time each like you know place. So like, and it became a thing during the during the bar crawl. People would like be like, oh, the egg timer has spoken. It's time to go to the next place. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, well, you know, generally, which one people you can't. Nobody eventually knows how to take on any real good form of leadership. So leave it to the egg timer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> the yeah. old egg timer. Just round the egg timer, and once it spoke, I, you know, I could even like blame it on the egg timer. Like, oh, it's time to go to the next place. The egg timer has spoken. But yeah, yeah, I would say it was getting to a point um, at the end of 2019, going into 2020, where I was getting a little, feeling a little bit burnt out, and I like wanted to take a step back. Um, and so at first, you know, I was like maybe skipping some media meetups, but uh, we had three people organizing at that time. Um, and so eventually I was just like, Hey guys, like, I think I want to stop doing this for a little while. Um, and so they continue to organize, uh, weekly, but, um, you know, I, probably like early 2020, like I was starting to, you know, miss them and like was thinking about, Oh, maybe I do want to come back and like, you know, come back and post and. And then, uh, you know, and then the pandemic struck and I would say like now, like, yeah, I, I actually, the other day I was just thinking, um, it was, it was a Thursday night and oh, I, no. was, <laughs> I was, just, and you were just like clockwork. You're like, Oh, I'm going to go to Cartopia and host my weekly meetup tonight. Well, it wasn't quite like that. Yeah. But like I was having like a hazy IPA and like, I'd always have a hazy IPA at Cartopia and it was sure. like raining. And, and so everything just fit the mood of the room. Yeah. Just like, it was like raining like... and stuff. And it was just, so it felt like a, like a very like quintessential like Thursday night, you know, at Cartopia. Sure. Um, and yeah, and like I was texting Alex, like my co-organizer and I was like, Oh, I miss like doing Cartopia and stuff and uh, yeah. yeah so I think like I definitely do miss like that consistency because like even if I didn't have any social events planned for the week like I could always count on like doing something on Thursday nights yeah. um, so it's sort of like this like consistent thing that I really liked um, doing and what it was, was what was I've never asked you this but what was some of your favorite recommendations that you would give the new travelers popping into Portland and stuff you know to the weekly meetup when they're like hey I want good restaurants I want good music, I want good clubs, I want good hiking, I want good nature. Yeah. You know, I mean what were some of your what were some of your tips? 
Yeah, so I mean, really depends on you know what they're looking for. Because some people come to you know they come to Oregon for the nature. Um, some people like they don't even know what Portland has to offer. Um, but um, yeah, you know, for people that were if they were just gonna be here for a day or two, I'd always recommend like you know take a little hike through Forest Park or like go to Washington Park and like you know do all of that because um, you know it has like tons of hiking trails through there and it's just like a fun like little easy hike if they're gonna uh, stay here for a little bit longer um, you know I'd probably like recommend like going out to the gorge um, you know there's like the beginner like there's like you know going to Multnomah Falls and doing like the hike there um, and uh, you know other other places around there um, and for longer term you know people that you know if they're gonna be here for like a week or something I would definitely a recommended trip out to the coast um, you know Cannon Beach is always a popular spot but it's always like pretty crowded uh, so there's like you know other places to go along the coast there's like Manzanita and uh, there's like Pacific City near Tillamook um, which is like a little bit farther away but still like fun to go to and yeah like in Portland itself um, yeah, there's, uh, I think I'd always try to figure out, like, you know, what neighborhood they're in, you know, what places to go to. Um, yeah, yeah, neighborhood's kind of key and stuff, you know, if you're talking about the kind of traveler that just likes to get out of their Airbnb or their hostel and just get on foot and explore or whatever, don't like to dabble with the public transportation too much. Portland's right. nice in that way because we have our neighborhoods. Right. Every neighborhood's like got tons of things to choose from, so it's pretty good. You don't necessarily have to go to explore the other places. Yeah, necessarily. But like, you know, when it comes to eating, especially for travelers, you know, they're always trying to, you know, be cheap. But, you know, that's like, I think Portland's such a great place for that because we have so many food carts. So I'd probably, you know, recommend a couple like food cart pods. Like there's, you know, Hawthorne Asylum, which was like really near Cartopia, which has like 25 food carts or something. Um, and then there's always those like... You and know, you know the history about it, right? The Hawthorne Asylum, the name? Right, because it used to be an asylum. Yeah, at the yeah. end of Hawthorne there, at the where Hawthorne ends at Mount Tabor, at the base of Mount Tabor there, at uh, Southeast 52nd, even though the food cart pod, Hawthorne Asylum is at Southeast 11th, but uh -huh. it's still um, paying homage to our old Asin Asylum. Yeah, which is like, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's interesting. It's sort of like on the opposite end of Hawthorne, but it's sort of, yeah, that's... Um, yeah, so it's kind of funny because the way they have it set up is very like they have like the big metal gates and like it's all kind of quirky inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the lots of like different types of like you know steel casting and different artist mold kind of uh, installation art, you know, and it's definitely got this kind of hurdy gurdy kind of experience as you go into the this food cart pod specifically. Definitely it's kind of very steampunkish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. steampunk is a good way to to describe it. Yeah, and then some other places that we would go. I mean, I can think of like places that we go to like on Thursday nights, which I like going to. Uh, one of them was a uh, basement bar, which is just like this little like, you know, like just this little bar that's like on, it's like in this part that's like built out from a house. Um, and it looks like a basement, which is why it's called basement bar. But like you go inside and it's like all this like wooden like style pub. Um, 
kind of place, and I like going there because like the drinks are always really cheap. Uh, so well, that's like, always a win. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it was kind of dark and musty, but like the drinks were great. And like during happy hour, like the beer was the same price, but they just offered it in like bigger glasses. So oh, it was great! Just, like, a massive uh, pint of beer. So yeah, yeah, that was great. And then uh, also going to roadside attraction, um, a lot of fun nights there. Yeah, another um, place which also has got like the hurdy gurdy kind of steampunkish yeah, right. <laughs> type of uh, sculptures and stuff in there. Right. Um, front patio. Right, because the whole place is like, you know, themed after like, you know, those random roadside attractions when you're taking a road trip through the U.S. So. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. kind of Mississippi, Louisiana looking, you know, with your alligator skulls and <laughs> and your other like, you know, taxidermy and random things like this. And then your old, uh, you know, Route 66 kind of rusted out like um, gas pumps and things like this. You, you'll find all those kinds of random antiques in the patio of this pub called Roadside Attraction. Definitely. Great place to visit if you ever come through Portland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but make sure to bring cash. It's, well, I don't know about now, but I think it's still cash only. I think it is, yeah. yeah. I think that's their shtick. I don't think they ever want to like <laughs> commit to even getting Square or any right. of these other type of card reading technologies. They're like, nope, we're gonna stick with just our ATM and make everybody pay with cash. Right, exactly. Maybe we're uh, doing something criminal and keeping our books invisible to <laughs> exactly. the IRS tax guy. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But that's uh, kind of adds like the quirkiness of the place. Speaking of another cash-only place, or at least you know, last time I was there, uh, Rimsky is also a great place to go to. Rimsky Corsa Coffee. Um, it's like a dessert cafe, but it's not, you know, it's like, I think when I think of dessert cafe, I think of like, you know, some kind of fancy place that you go like in the middle of the day and it's like has all like these like, you know, fancy desserts and stuff. Um, but Rimsky is like, you know, very kind of, it's a very quirky, like old, like Portland institution um, that has like, uh, like you go inside and it's all like kind of darkly lit and like, you know, um, has like these different tables that are like very like funky and like they do like like one table like turns very slowly So like you put your stuff down on it, and it's just like rotating very slowly. That's so bizarre You know, yeah. I've gone there so many times and I didn't know about this table You never sat at the table yet <laughs> no. to be there like at a, with a group like I've six used, or more I've, I've used the creepy restroom there, you know, which I'm not going to uh, Spoil no spoiler factor yeah. for our listeners, but right. if you ever go to this cafe just go to the restroom, and, yeah. you, and, and you'll find out real quick. And then there's but. another other there's another table that I'm also not going to say what happens, but you know it, it uh, also is a little bit weird. But yeah, that place is always fun to go to because like the the dessert's great, and like it's open late, open seven to midnight. So if you want to do something that's not like but if drinking, only they had espresso. That's like always been me and another friend of mine's gripe. Like we love the desserts, but all the coffee, at least from the last time few times I've gone it's always been like drip coffee oh right yeah I think it's just drip coffee they don't actually like you can't get like espresso with like a good dessert uh, it's the yeah. only drawback if I was going to give one to the place yeah. but I would recommend getting the tea of ambiguity if you're there with a couple people oh yeah yeah definitely yeah. and the classical music there is great you yeah know, I mean, you, sometimes you'll see like a mini concerto if you will of like two people or maybe a trio of playing classical instruments of a cello or a violin or a piccolo or a clarinet or something like this and it kind of adds to this weird kind of Austrian classical vibe Definitely. <laughs> as you hang out for and to be fair Portland has tons of cafes but so few that actually stay open late at night so that, yeah. that makes Ribsky's kind of a of a unique gem in its own right yeah and another one that's like kind of like along the similar vein as the Rimsky is uh, the Pied, uh, the Pied Cow coffee house um, and that's another great place to go to and it, it's not just desserts they have like some beer and wine there too uh, but they have a great outdoor patio um, it's and in, it's like, a hookah bar yeah right you can like you know smoke hookah there um, but it's like in this old Victorian house um, and like 
I think it's funny because like the service there isn't that great, but it's like kind of goes along with like the quirkiness of the place. That's I just, where like, I used to continually do my travel stories meetup as actually, as a matter of fact, because I like their uh, front patio so much. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great place for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think when you come to Portland, you know, it's good to like check out like what makes it different and like you know, there's like it has like you know a lot of like great restaurants and you know bars and stuff, but you know a lot of places have great restaurants and bars and it's like it's good to like you know check out these like little like quirky gems that you know you can't really find and kind of like make Portland uh, you know unique in its own way. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something I really enjoy about Portland. It's unlike a lot of other American cities. It's got these different little neighborhoods that refuse to stop being these different little neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So the, you get these sort of like businesses that have been around for a long time in these certain little neighborhoods that aren't going away anytime soon because the community wants to keep them for all intents and purposes. Because these, like, you don't discover Portland history right when you first arrive. When you first arrive, things don't seem super different, but after you spend a little bit of time, then the history starts coming out, I think, to the to the viewer. At least that was my experience when I moved out here from Colorado so many years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it took me two years to really like the place. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it so, so it doesn't just reach out and grab you and be like, oh wow, this place is so vibrant, so rich, and yeah. it's moving so fast. It's just a cultural, theatrical performance. You're not probably not going to get that experience Portland is a big, small, sleepy town with a lot of creativity. And then once you start taking a longer looks at that creativity, you realize a lot of it's been around for a really long time. It's very special. Yeah, I think I, I'd always, you know, I always thought like the best way to enjoy, if you're visiting here, the best way to enjoy the city isn't to like seek out all the tourist attractions because it's like we don't really have tourist attractions like other cities do. Like we don't have like a Space Needle or like, you know, like anything like that, but we have um, like, you know, it's better to just like kind of live in it as if like you're living anywhere else and kind of just exploring the neighborhoods and exploring like the cafes and stuff and just kind of like, you know, enjoying it like, you know, as if you're living there instead of like trying to seek out all these like big, like flashy, you know, attractions. Um, Cause like, you know, like the attractions are there, but they, you know, it's stuff like, you know, going to see waterfalls or like, you know, getting a great view from somewhere. Like it's not really, uh, you know, these like tourist traps that you find in other cities. So you kind of, you know, you as a tourist or as a traveler, you know, you, you, it's just about, you know, enjoying it in a different way. We are kind of just like getting into the pace of life here and, and, you know, seeing what it has to offer as if like you were to live here and not so much as like, you Yeah, know, I mean, what would be our biggest tourist trap, the trailblazers? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, don't but know. that's like you know, a lot it's of locals like, like to go to basketball games, so I would yeah, say that's yeah, like such sure. a tourist trap. I mean, Pioneer Square sometimes yeah. when they're doing different events in the square, but every city's got a main plaza, a main square where they have to roll their different like you know weekend um, block party events and stuff. So yeah. like, I mean, it's just fair that any city would have that, and I, I would, say and like, I don't think it's a tourist trap really. So. Right, like I would say, like, if you like looked up like the top like tourist attractions in Portland, it would be things like Multnomah Falls or like the Rose Garden or um, like Piddick Mansion, mm. um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Which is, like, or maybe even like the uh, McMinnman's pub tour with the passport or something. Right, McMinnman's. That seems to be like, a thing where people come and, and they, none of everybody that... wants to do that passport. Right. But it's and, not like, but but I mean, if you're comparing that to like Sagrada La Gran Familia in Barcelona or something, it's, right. <laughs> it's there's, there's, you know, we don't have like that historical iconic place 
that's littered with souvenir shops because yeah. of that. Yeah, like we don't so. have like a place where it's like, cause like you, yeah, you go up to Piddick Mansion, it's not like they have like a bunch of like the little souvenir shops to get like the business of like the people up there. They have it's a gift like, shop that almost refuses to ever stay open. Exactly. <laughs> so Which is like, quite funny because they could make quite a lot of money, you know, to be yeah. fair. Once people learn the history, they usually want to go to the gift shop. But yeah. these people that run this place, they just, they, I don't know what their deal is, but they don't sell it, but they don't open it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, I would probably say like the most like gift shoppy kind of, you know, that kind of like thing is like at Multnomah Falls, you know, they have like a big gift shop there, um, or I don't know, maybe some other places, but yeah, it's pretty much like you don't, you don't get like that really like huge like tourist attraction that you do in other cities, so it kind of like when you come here, you know, because it's like, even as a local, like, I love going to Piddock Mansion, just like, because it has an awesome view, and I, like, I still love and going And great to, trails like, for hiking, and the views over downtown Portland are pretty breathtaking there on the right days, because you can see, actually see uh, Mount Hood, Mount Adams, um, and Mount, Mount St. Helens. Helens. Yeah. You should get, like, a really three, clear three day, Mount Rainier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but that's, that's almost never happens, you know, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. We are the uh, rainy, stormy Northwest, after all. It's true, it's true. <laughs> but, however, you know, I mean, but... That's just great trails right through there and stuff. Uh -huh. uh, probably one of the, I think we're spoiled in the sense that, you know, being an American city and having so much nature just like right at the foot of it, you know. Definitely. Not very many American cities can say that they have all that. And we're fortunate that we have those things. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> which sure. is like, and that's also like something that locals like enjoy. So it's like, you never feel like there's like a place that's overrun with tourists. So. Yeah. So yeah. we're um, getting pretty close to our time for today, our show. Um, what I want to close out this saying though is, um, future, what does it hold for you? Are you still interested in, um, you know, doing something for travelers, still doing a weekly meetup, you know, if maybe all this shit ends for us? Uh, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it would be really great to do something like that in the future you know I, I had I mean before any of this like happened I um, I had an idea of you know wanting to have some kind of community center for travelers and locals to meet up and like I thought it would be fun to have like more of a permanent place to do a weekly meetup um, that you know could always base like events out of and then maybe like do bar crawls from there you know things like that and I know you and I were like, you know, exploring like the idea of opening up a hostel someday. But, oh, which you know. would have been great, but then this, <laughs> yeah. this happened. It's almost like the worst possible business plan you can probably think of exactly. now because of our current state of affairs. However, yeah. um, I, it, there's very few moments that don't cross my mind. It's like how great that could be. That could be. <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, I think that's something, you know, like... I think it'd be fun to start up like another weekly meetup again and like, you know, get that going. And then also just like, you know, thinking of like other ways to engage the community and like make it more of an experience for people traveling through here where it's like, you can still like have something that's like, you know, like it caters to like, you know, the travelers who are, you know, going around the country on a budget and they want to like experience the place for, you know, like through the eyes of a local or, you know, see, what it's like to, um, you know, like what, what the city actually has to offer. So I think it'd be fun to do more stuff like that, but no concrete plans as of now. I'm going to, you know, wait and see what the future is like a year from now. And, and uh, Sure. Yeah. Do you <laughs> ever think about, um, you know, publicizing your couchsurfing stuff outside of the, the platform, not just like 
you know, the Portland Couchsurfers Facebook page or Couchsurfing.com. Yeah. Or like, you know, not for profit, obviously, but just for recognition. Yeah, I think it would be really great to, um, you know, to do this again, but, you know, hook up with like different uh, hostels in the city um, and, you know, publicize it through that way. So it's, it, it gets, yeah, a broader catchment than just like the couch surfing community, but also it gets, you know, people that are traveling, on, you know, in the hostels and looking for something to do. Um, so I think like creating a broader network that, you know, where people who would be interested in doing, you know, a weekly meetup or, you know, different events, like, you know, letting them know that, you know, this is happening, um, I think would be a great way to, you know, publicize it and grow, you know, the, the meetup. Sure. All right. Well, um, I guess that kind of, everything I need to ask you today, you know, is great. Thank you for giving me your time and telling me about all the experiences and it doesn't look like you're leaving Portland anytime soon. You seem pretty well set. You still love the city and everything it has to offer. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. We'll see. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, life is a crazy thing, you know. Every uh, time you start rolling dice, you know, you realize the game is a lot bigger than you think it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but I'm really glad with everything you shared and just like your experiences from hosting these events has been great. I've attended quite a few. Um, well, not to be fair, only sometimes because I usually work Thursday evenings and I still do. So I right. couldn't attend quite often, but there's definitely been times, you know, and it, it's been good. And, you know, and it's the connections have been good and the, the community has been good, you know, like our, our weird, unique Portland version of hospitality has been good. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, going forward, things are going to... Uh, come back. I don't think they're going to come back in the same way. I think there's going to be new ways that they come. The way we make travel experiences, growing connections, growing, laying down our roots and cultural exchange and all these things I think are going to change in the near future because it's just kind of the way we have to do them. Definitely. But that being said, there's potential for growth and uh, innovativeness, I think, in the travel community in the future and how we do things. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we're just touching the surface with new ideas and how we do them. Definitely. Yeah. So um, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, this week's Life Stamps, my interview with Joe. It's been a pleasure. Um, hey, oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I was just going to say thank you, sir. It uh, was a pleasure. Yeah, and you as well. And um, for anybody listening today, if you enjoyed the show, um, I encourage you to follow my show, and if you have the chance and you want to sponsor my show, the link will be in the description. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the Sunday evening's interview on Life Stamp Stories from here and there. You can email me your questions from this episode or any other previous episodes at lifestamps2021 at gmail.com. The email link is in the description, as well as the follow if you want to start following my show or anywhere else that you get your podcasts, as well if you want to support my show. I would gladly appreciate there's a support link in the description. See you next Sunday night or whenever you get around to listening to my show. Thank you. Bye-bye.